Jesus. Right. 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 I don't right. understand you, bro. What do you mean? What do you mean? These are all outtakes. They're super, super funny, funny valuable, valuable, interesting. People don't know what goes on behind the scenes, and they're going to want to listen to this. And you undervalue our shit so much, it drives me fucking insane. Let me have the ego. Let me have the ego. you've always dreamed of right now ladies and gentlemen now they call it the art of war but it's a wholesale war on your fucking laziness on your lack of discipline on not being focused on not being prepared on being Everybody's gonna be just happy if you stay right where you are. Nah, fuck that! Come on! Come on! Pain is its own reward! Effort is its own mantra! You can do it! You have to do it! You must do it! And you will do it because that's what it takes! It takes phenomenal will! You know me. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you all to the fireside. Yeah. You can see the flames stretching out into the dark. You can see the sparks and the smoke rising up to the, the home drum room that we call heaven. There's a gate. There we go. There's a gate. That was dope. Ladies and gentlemen, as we watch the flames and the sparks and the smoke rise to the seat of the gods that we call heaven, let your thoughts and prayers and wishes and darkest hopes rise up with them. 
to mingle amongst the stars, to mix in their shine, to travel to unknown worlds that rule the sky. Dude, I would. Yeah, I uh, had my kid in the car. Yeah, and he's like trapped, you know. And I just like I put on this song. Did you? Yeah. And what happened? Just to submit it, submit him to it. Right. You know? That's um, training from the state. So he was like quiet the whole time. He's like, I was like, yeah. What did he? He just was totally listening to. Yeah, it. he was just totally listening. He knew he was hearing something different. Yeah, I had it up kind of loud, you know. Not like super loud, but like good three quarters up, you know. And he was... And he was just like... Not looking out the window, just like looking forward. Just like... Traveling. I was like peeping him out in the, in the rear view. I was like, ah, see, see what he's doing. And he's just like... Oh. When was the first time that... You. Yeah, we're gonna do that, and then, oh well, we might. Yeah, we're gonna go right into it. Hey, uh, when was? Ah, oh, man, that's this. See, this is kind of like what I like more than the, than the show itself. Sometimes is when we're like, we start out in a weird place and we're fucking around, and then all of a sudden we get past all that and we start having an interesting conversation about, like your your son. You were saying that he was. I mean. When was the first song where you traveled through listening in the music, where you were exploring? Because you're right, you're not looking out the window, you're not looking at anything, because you're looking with your ears. Hmm. What was the first song where I was like, or one of them? What the fuck is this? One of them. Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I'm a, I, I can tell you at least one of them that I had as a kid. There was a couple. I Maybe I'll find the one that... This one, when I was like maybe four. Yeah. I My dad would play this song a lot. And it's not... I don't think it's anything massive. But what the guy was saying... What the guy was saying and what the song meant and what it was really tripped me out when I was four. Like, I really listened to it. It's going to sound crazy, but this is what it was. This is what I was listening to before I'm really tripping out. Coming in from London from over the pole. I was always trying to figure out how he created that mood. I would listen to that guitar that's kind of like on your right. What is it doing? You hear how the, in the bass, it's like a soft song, but it's got a definite rhythm. And he's always talking about is smuggling cocaine into Los Angeles. No, we couldn't look much stranger. Walking in a with All the time. This was like his anthem. Coming into Los Angeles Bringing in a couple of keys Don't touch my bags if you please Mr. Customs Man Your dad was playing yeah. This is like gangster rap yeah. before that Yeah, it is, bro It's exactly what this is outlaw, was, outlaw music Outlaw music That's what my dad loved was outlaw music 
And then I would listen to it, and it's like slightly country, slightly yeah. bluegrass. You're right. But slightly bluesy. A little rock. It's all that. Yeah. yeah, it's real American. Real American. That's Woody Guthrie's son, Arlo Guthrie. Guthrie. Okay. Woody Guthrie, bro. Yeah. Of course it has his sound. If woman walking on the moving floor. That's that is some fucking outlaw fucking like 60 70 shit, right? You know? Yeah. You know how many of these guys made money for years and never got touched? Like they weren't even up on them. Right. You know? These are the kind of guys that they had in it for 10, 20 years making money and there was nobody on their ass. Right. They were undercut, like they just, they, they blended right in, nobody was thinking about it. They were way ahead, bro, yeah. Yeah. That's true. They hadn't even set up task force then. Come after those guys. Right. And there was a lot of crime, bro. For sure. In the 70s and, and even through the 80s, bro, that were crimes that had been going on for 20, 30 years, bro. And they just weren't, they weren't up on it. For sure. There was check and and there was check and cash frauds and bank frauds that they never even thought of, dude. That people these there was crews making money for years before they ever caught on. Yeah, um, this guy Ori Spano, who is like one of the bigger mob guys in Los Angeles, and he wrote a book and he was talking about all the check kiting that they were doing back then. He said it was like you could go to a bank. Mm-hmm. And they had to, they had it all dialed in. They knew all the different floats. They knew the time frames. They knew when a check had to cash. And they would run these schemes, bro. And they would just be stacking chips. Like, you know, back in the late 60s, early 70s, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 pops. Right. Which was big money back then. Right. Big, dude. And the, and it, you kind of got a sense, too, that the banks had an awareness that it was going on, but the way the systems were, these were all new systems. Right. They, it was just rolled into the price of doing business. They, they probably spread that out on everybody. Now, and I bet you could kind of wrap your head around this. Our friend yeah. has, an, has an opinion about this. And yes, there was a lot back then they didn't know, know about. Mm-hmm. There's just as much today. There's just really? as many guys today because they're thinking in, in way more advanced terms. There's still dudes that we don't know what they're getting over on. Do you right, understand what I'm right. saying? 100%. Right. It's not like uh, there used to be all these ways. Yeah, they're all the obvious ways. Right. But all the new ways have all created new ways. ways to fucking get over. So there's still, right now, there's people knocking off the system in ways that we won't figure out? Until like 15 years down the line. There is, bro. Right. By the time it becomes obvious, that game's over. Right. They're already the out. The smart guys are already one. out. Right. And that's kind of what is the, the trajectory of wh- why people would do that. And it's all the little fall off on the side with people getting busted and all these laws. You know what I'm saying? But right. Like, but that's part of, that's part, you know evolu- what? It's part of the evolution it's of It's part it. of the evolution of the system. <clears throat> for sure. Because you know what? How else is... Are the authorities going to test or how would a business find out where their weak points are if they don't have people who are constantly scheming on how to break them? Absolutely. And how many people inside are going south and all that different equations to things. But, you know, just take, for instance, if you were to say the fucking French connection. Right. 
They'd love the government would love to tell you that that was a like half the heroin in the United States. That looks good for them. <laughs> right. How many other guys were there at that size? Yeah. Maybe a little smaller, maybe a little bigger. Yeah. But how many guys are there before those dudes? That were like, come on, think about that, man. Well, that you know? that puts a real spin. That's, on... that's one in a hair. Well, that's what that puts a real spin on Afghanistan, bro. Because what comes out, what is Afghanistan known for producing? Poppies. Oh, yeah, uh, heroin. Super heroin. Yeah. Right? Raw opium. Yeah. Probably the world's supply comes right out of there. Well, it's a, a huge chunk, dude. And I would apt to say probably half the dope in the world is coming out of really? fucking there, dude. Easily, right? Oh, God. Half, I would say, yeah. Right. And. You know the the U.S. and the Soviets both went to war, and, and and the Taliban, and ISIS, and all these fuckers are all constantly fighting over this country, Afghanistan. Yeah. But meanwhile, through all the wars and everything, right? Right. They're still producing massive amounts of heroin, correct? Well, or, or opium, right? Listen. So where they just had those explosions, uh-huh. Hamid Karzai Airport, or. You know, in Kabul, basically Kabul International Airport, right? That airport was built by the Soviets. So think about this. Like in the 60s, the Russians came there and built them an airport. And they modernized everything. In 2008 or six or something like that, the United States came in and improved it and added a new radar system. The FAA updated upgraded afghanistan's radar system right so part of that is tracking flights and all that bullshit but when you think about when you think about uh, other countries coming into your house and helping you with your radar system is there right. any payback is there any question in your mind that that country's not also going to put a little tracking device in that so that we know what's coming, what's flying into Kabul and what's flying out. I would... How is that possible? The FAA. Because somebody, there's, there's people aboard that are looking at all of it and all they see are straight numbers, right? A hundred percent. Right, okay. So if you're going to remove all the emotion and all the... Uh, you know, whatever else you want to call it, you know, what's morally right and all these things. And you just want to look strictly at business. Drugs is too big of a business to pass up. You can't be running shit and just be like, oh, we're just going to try and bust these guys. Like, it's there's too much. It's, well, no, there's it's too not- much business there. And I think that different branches and arms of the United States... And the United States. China. I've always been in, in in cahoots with the money that's made off of fucking drugs, dude. Listen. And if, as, if even if it's as simple as turning a blind eye. Dude, it's deeper than that. 100% That's what deeper. I'm saying. For sure, China, England. Listen, England's war with China. Was over opium. The opium war. And do you know right? what England did? Yeah, it's some scandalous shit, huh? They took, they took, like, did it, and then they took it and sold it all back to them or something. Right? They got the opium and sold it to the Chinese workers. The king, the emperor, was trying to stop his people from doing drugs. Right. The British openly—that's how you that got Hong Kong. British openly hooked everybody yeah, on drugs. Dr- think about that, bro. That's not even a secret. That's what they did, I guess, maybe two hundred years ago. How is it that these? 
And so what I'm saying to you is in Kabul, right? You got you got the FAA, the, the American Department, FAA. I mean, where does the FFA go to regulate anyone's air traffic control and all this other bullshit? They go in and they help the Afghanis get a better radar system. There's how hard would it be for them to tap that radar system so they can keep track of who yeah. and what's flying in and out of Kabul, right? And then on top of all that, you know, you have this weird handover. And I'm not for necessarily staying there, but America is maybe another country like the Russians who was there for 20 years kind of managing and doing whatever. No real desire to take the country over. Not like Iraq. Not like Iraq. Iraq, we had no problem. We came in, cleaned everyone out, put in our guys, blah, blah, blah. Afghanistan, it's like, nah, we'll just be here for 20 years and keep your enemies away for a while. But we don't want our name... We don't really want ownership. And then we bounce. And what happens? You have these crazy explosions right as people are leaving. And Trump and Biden both honored their agreements with the Taliban. Trump went and met yeah. with the Taliban, made a deal for, for evacuating. We're calling it leaving, but some people call it a surrender. And I'm not really taking a position on it because I don't know. There's what, too much to, behind it. To yeah. Make and, a call like right. And I think... Dude, what it looks like to me is like, so the United States at some point says, fine, we're out. And if you recall, back in the Obama administration, there was talk about drawdown and we're leaving, right? And then you remember that Trump was kind of like, for his own domestic political uh, situation, was saying, why are you telling people when you're going to leave? That's not strategic. If it was me, I'm not going to tell anyone when we're going to leave. And I'm going to blah, 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 blah. And, and that made sense at the surface level. And Obama didn't really react to any of that. He wasn't like, well, I mean, what do we, because you know, on some level now, when you look at the situation, you know, at some level, there was a lot of negotiations around like, okay, look, we're going to leave. And then you're going to be stuck trying to deal with the Taliban and good luck, Afghanistan, you, uh, regular forces. You think you can handle the Taliban? We barely can. We got drones and satellites. So when we leave, adios, motherfucker. Good luck. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. But the problem with that is, is, you know, I think we wanted something or we were in for something and it wasn't being given or we wanted to re-destabilize the area again. Russia's power is growing. China's built, got these contracts going and then the U.S. pulls out and it's all back to clusterfuck. So, all right, deal with that then. You're on your own. Good luck. And the Taliban, I think came in and said, because I think when I read in the reports that the Taliban had absolutely guaranteed the safety of Americans leaving. They're like, I, we can't tell you what we're going to do to everybody else, but if you guys leave and let us fill the power vacuum, you guys can leave. We'll keep all, we're not going to do anything to you guys. And that was the deal that was struck. And I believe that the Taliban has stuck to that deal. Mm -hmm. right? And they're trying to get legitimized. And the government, I think, is probably, the U.S. is probably like, fine, we'll legitimize you. You got to back our play in certain things. And we don't give a shit if you're a dog, a pig, a donkey. We'll help you out and we'll keep you in power, but you better do what we say when the time comes. So Taliban was like, yeah, cool, we'll do it. And I'm sure that's what happened. ISIS, which is a rival power to the Taliban, right? So imagine like a clique, right? Like a clique within a, a set or whatever the fuck it is, but subgroups that are rivals and want to control the area, they're going to try to blow your deal up. And how are they going to blow it up? 
because when the Americans evacuate, we're going to send in a car bomb or a suicide vest bomb guy to blow the fuck out of some Americans and make it look real unstable, real fucked up. And that's exactly what happened. What, 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 what did happen at that explosion? That there's so there's a thing called the Abbey Gate in, at Ka- Kabul International Airport. So if you think about the Kabul, it's like probably an airport and it's probably like something that could service Denver. Something like that, right? Okay. It's not like fucking the big ones, but it's it's their and it's their main thing. Right. Yeah, it's one airstrip. It's one strip. Right, with like little substrips and then but but the US forces had built a giant like perimeter around it because the place is a fucking nightmare, right? Razor wire and chunky fucking concrete and fucking badass soldiers like ready to gun down the next mofo that tries to roll up in here. Mm-hmm. Then what you have are gates. Abbey Gate, North Gate, and like another thing where that's the only points of access. Now, there are like four countries also operating air military bases, including the United States, out of that airport or right next to that airport. So you've got, you know, commercial flights like Com Air and Tania Air, like weird is Bukistan fucking airlines you've never heard of and you probably never fly on. And then you also got Apache you know, choppers and all this other shit flying in and out of there. So they're working in tandem and it's whatever. So at the Abbey Gate, that's where all the foreigners go to get on the international flights to get the fuck out of Dodge. Especially when the Taliban's like, well, you got 72 hours to get gone. Otherwise, we'll bring, and then when the hammer comes, the hammer's really going to come. And we got a long list of petty grievances that we'd like to work out. Mm-hmm. And that's when all of the diplomatic corps and everybody's like, whoop, 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 feet don't fail me now. And they're like, mm-hmm. ran for that gate, right? Mm-hmm. And there was chaos. Like, people died in some of the stampedes. And they were showing us pictures of fucking, you know, Af- Afghanis that had helped out the United States that were like hanging onto the plane's wing. And then, like, people were like leaving and, like, you know, that the pilot was like knocking people off the wing. I was like, sorry, bro, there ain't no sense in both of us dying, you know, just flying, flying off. So you still had a glut, and you still probably had about 1,500 American diplomats, not, we're not even talking about the soldiers, at that gate, just jammed. Then ISIS-K, and I'm not going to get into the vagaries of all the versions of ISIS, but just think about this. ISIS is, a, is equal and rival to, like, the Taliban. And the Taliban might actually be more, they might be strict, but they're more trying to run a country. ISIS is trying to create a new Islamic state under one person that's going to try to destroy everything. Mm. Like, they're out for, they're out for hair. So, so they send a, a, a suicide bomber to that gate where there was all those people. And I think 13 Americans died, in a, and another blast happened, and a car bomb. And uh, 13 soldiers died. There was like 130 people injured, untold Afghanis. I mean, there's the bodies in the sewer and heads rolling around in the fucking grates and shit like that. It's real sick shit. And they did that to try to blow everything up and, and, and also to stabilize Afghanistan, to show everyone in Afghanistan, like, you think the Taliban's going to be able to protect you? I don't think so. And with the Americans gone, who's going to be there to do anything? Or who's going to stop them? Might just devolve into whatever. At the same time, you've got this massive fighting between these sort of regional powers and tribes or neighborhoods in this country. You've got this massive drug market. Does that sound like anything else you've ever heard of? No. 
Not even L.A. in the 80s? Not even L.A. in the 90s? No, it doesn't sound like there's... Nothing like that, dude. No, but rival gangs fighting over territory sure. to sell the yeah. fucking drugs. Drugs, of course. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a big... Yeah. And it's being dressed up with so many layers and so much other caca. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. That you really, really, really have to sift through it and really sit down and fucking start peeling back the layers to figure out. The thing about drug money is this. It's not tax money. It's not tax money. The, only, the reason why governments are interested in drug money is because they can spend it without having to explain what they spent it on. You want to run a covert operation and keep it off the books? Like you want to go, let's say, I don't know, you're the U.S. president. You've had a few fucking whiskey sours. You're feeling yourself. Mm-hmm. You go, you know what? I'm tired of this fucking shit down in South America. These motherfuckers don't understand who's really running the show. You know what? I'm going to, fuck, we should send in somebody, Navy SEALs, right? All names scratched off the thing, double top secret, and just take out that motherfucker. Why can't we just do that? We do that all the time. Let's go, mm-hmm. right? If you're the CIA and the head of Central Command in the Pentagon, some of you guys have been waiting for the president to get drunk and do that. Like, fact, we've been telling that dude that for 12 years. Like, mm-hmm. we're in a war. I know you want to say kumbaya, but news to fucking you, we're in the middle of a long, protracted war against everybody. They want the internet. They want cell phones. They right. want the fucking blue jeans. Right. They want Supermax. Right? They want cookies. Mm-hmm. They want to knock Burner out of the way and just take over his operation. Mm-hmm. They've been living poor enough that they will fucking do it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then in order to run a black ops operation and keep it from being on the records, Congress accounts that and there's in Congress intelligence committees, their whole job is to go through and look at it and see, hey, and there's a lot of fucking well-paid attorneys whose whole job is to just look and see what the people's money is being spent on and whether or not that's legal. Mm. Now, you want to avoid that whole problem? Sell some drugs, you know, look the other way. Protect the transport. Protect the transport. No, we're just going to fly the chopper alongside your transport. No one's going to shoot you down, but it's going to cost you. That covert ops takes that money. You can use that money to do whatever the fuck you want, and nobody in the Constitution is going to be able to stop you because they're not going to know about it because it didn't come from anywhere. Right. That's what it's all about. This is what it's all about. And it's not just the United States. That's Italy. That's France. That's all. That's why there has to be a black market. I mean, think about that, man. You could just, a country could charge them and say, just write the check to the CIA. The country could say. Write the check to the IRS. The country could actually say to Iran, we don't care how you pay for it, but it's got to be in gold or cash. You know, because we're not going to deposit a check. What are we going to do with a check? And you don't think that there were times that Saddam Hussein and Iran, you know, setting their dispute about territories and fighting and all that shit. You don't think that those guys up there. Remember when America found like all these different vaults for Saddam and it was just full of American money? Yeah. What do you think that was for? It was for drugs, dude. It was all drugs. His brother was fucking... They found kilos in his pad. But my point is, is think about this. It wasn't for any retirement. It was no pension. It was a drug dealer. Well, drug and arms. Yeah. 
Guns and drugs. But also, think about it. So if the U.S. wanted to run a mission and they want to be able to cut off tracing any where the money came from, I'm sure at least one time they called up Saddam and said, listen, our buddies over at so-and-so, right, our buddies over at Blackwater, they're going to write you a check for a billion dollars. You get to keep 50 million. And the other of it, you're hmm. going to give it to us in cash or we're going to send a hot fucking poker right up your ass. All you got to do is give us the thing. You get to keep the whatever and 50 million. And who's going to trace Saddam's money? They're not going to get that anywhere. I guarantee you that happens. Hmm. All over the world, there's fucking cash stashes. So deep, bro. We don't even know. We're not even supposed to know. And I, right. You know, the flip side is we all know. We right. all know that. Right. There you go. You're right? exactly right when you say it like that. The flip side is we do know. Right. If and, you think it, it's probably happening. Yeah, and I think it sounds crazy, but the way the countries are set up, I think we're to assume that happens. In fact, we hope it's happening. Our main hope is that that is happening and keeping things in check. Let me ask you something, Chumon. Help me to understand. Maybe the listeners, too. <laughs> when you're talking about Afghanistan, yeah, and all the poppy and opi feel, oh, you know, poppy, yeah. okay, and the opium, what, how, what are the name off some of the countries or cliques or gangs all around them that are all fighting with them? You hear Afghanistan? Give us those names because they're always in turmoil over there. There's uh, like fucking six of them that are always blowing shit up and always at the fucking it's. Well, let me pull whole up, part of the. Let me pull up the map. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up a map because I just want to get it right, and because yeah, I don't have yeah, yeah, geology, yeah. geography in my back pocket necessarily. Because a lot of people. All right, check this out, bro. All right, that's, it's a great question you ask. If I just tell you what's around Afghanistan, you're mm. gonna be like, okay. On one side of Afghanistan is Iran. They share there a border. Now we know. Ayatollah Khomeini and Iran, Iraq. We know that that would, there's just it's in, it's crazy over there, right? To the south is Pakistan, <sighs> right? Yep. I mean, their fucking capital is called Islamabad. I don't know. And what, their number one export is hash. And remember, and remember, Osama bin Laden was living in a city right next to the general hiding out from the CIA and supposedly we ran an ops that Pakistan didn't know about and fucking nailed that fool. Right. Okay. And then, right, then? if you go to the top, you got Tajikistan and Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan. <laughs> Who knows anything about those countries no i know nothing about them <laughs> right and dude, i don't know if i've even heard of those and so if you're trying to figure out how to do all the illegal drugs and the heroin stuff right i mean that place is perfectly in the middle of a bunch of semi-terror or you know whatever Axis of evil, whatever George W. said, like it's right in the middle of all that shit. And when you look at the Google Maps, there's no green. It's all just fucking brown. Like, what if all that over there is all really just about those drugs? I'm sure it is, bro. And I, it's in the same way, and that, it's being laid over by like this whole religious thing. 
Oh, for sure. But it's really about control of these drugs. Because if you look at the first two countries that you said, yeah. we're, we're next to them, I know one thing for sure. There's smugglers running back and forth. They do do HBO documentaries on this stuff. There's smugglers running in and out of that country. So I would think that everything surrounding it has little groups that think that they can come in there, get out the fucking export, right? Pay for it and go double up or triple up their money somewhere. Right. If that's a huge producer of all that, then everybody around them, they're broke. Right. That's the only thing that's worth anything over there. Right. What are they going to do? Grow rice? China's And right all they got to do is fucking hump a fucking couple kilos across the fucking town, dude. But who if knows? If they can make it through. Hey, who knows the Himalayas and those mountains? And we're talking serious shit. You're also talking about some of these guys are running fucking four, six fucking kilos. A couple kilos on each guy. And they just take off with bottles of water and shit, right? But if they can make it, they make some like... <laughs> Two hundred dollars, right? Right. But when they come back home, that two hundred dollars is like a month's worth of fucking. Right. So hey, if you bro. got people living like that, bro, then all they're gonna do is be running around like mice around that dope, trying to figure out how to move it. And America maybe just sits back and is like, "Whoever's doing the best, we're gonna fuck with." I mean, dude, check and let this, the rest of them eat each other. Check this out. United, the entire country of Afghanistan, at least it looks like two-thirds, I'm looking at a topography map, is mountains. Whoever's bringing us the dope at the best price with low-key quiet and we're able to give them, that's the guys we're not blowing up. Right, and but- everybody else we're fucking firing on your ass until you get the prices right. Well, I'm just telling you right now, mm. uh, the, part of it's probably the heroin fields, which are all in those impenetrable mountains- I mean, for sure. You look at it, and it's just nothing but a mountain range for two thirds of Afghanistan, and those mountain ranges link to Iran and they link to Pakistan. So think about the who would know the routes in those passes. Only those people, man. Only those right. people. So if you wanted to grow some shit, move it out of there, get it to another staging ground where you're going to be able to distribute it internationally. You have to work with whoever can control That's those right. paths. Or you send American servicemen there for 20 years, and yeah, they're fighting them, but also... They're doing a bunch of investigating. Absolutely. Yeah. Now they, they, they know. Probably fucking, they probably fucking did the fucking satellite shit. For sure. Got it all set up. These people can't afford shit. You think they're fucking sending satellites up there? And the interesting thing about that is you, uh, it, we don't even know what all was put into those mountains, right? Like you think about yep. cell phone towers and all what that shit. What if we're the ones funding the farms? I mean, sure. But think about this. What about surveillance? Think about just the surveillance. Think about your service teams are running through all these mountains, learning the routes, getting in good with the locals, paying them fucking money. Isn't and it all put on front- a graph? Dude, they they have stories about like Marines and like the local chieftains becoming friends and Marines dressing just like them and doing the local customs and, you know, learning the honor of what it meant to be one of those guys as a part of working with them and all that other kind of bullshit. Right. That's all intelligence gathering, bro. Right. Right. They're learning right. all of that. We're sending people there to speak their language. And then there's electronic devices probably jammed up in places there that we can't even they fathom. find them, dude, all over. Cameras, microphones, graphs have been already made. Yep. They're deep in it, bro. Right. 
And probably You're sending our fucking soldiers out there, bro. You don't think they're wiring that place up head not to toe? Hundred percent. And then they're probably putting stuff in there that's gonna help drones figure out how to navigate those mountains. Yes. Because after that explosion, Biden, whatever it was yesterday, said we're gonna hunt down this morning, drone strike, they believe they got the target. The guy who blew up the people over at fucking Abbey Gate in Kabul, according to Central Command, this morning. Blew that fucker up. Done. Done deal, pal. Whoever it was that arranged that. And it might be that this, you know, surrender and leaving or whatever it was, right? It might be that the United States anticipated some kind of bullshit attack so that right. then we could flex back and say, we don't need soldiers there anymore. We'll just send our little fucking helicopters and machines over there from the sky to drop stinger missiles on Whoa. your fucking ass. And guess what? They can hang in the air for 36 hours straight. I mean, I don't With no care. gas. I don't care how tough your fucking little Mulala fighters are. I promise you they got to take a nap at some point. Yep. And when they do, our little fucking Terminators are going to be out there fucking knifing you from the sky. And I guarantee you that's mostly what's going on to control the trade. Not stop heroin. No. Control, control it. it. Take our peace. We don't even want to work. We don't. You work the field. You figure out how to fucking carry your goddamn Luna bar in your pocket and carry two pounds of heroin through the mountains. You do that. You put on the fucking hiking boots. But if you guys, you guys want your trade to continue, you're gonna have to pay us a fee. Safe passage. You're basically strong arming them dudes, guaranteed. Plus, they're real close to China. For all we know, and I really don't know any of this, this is my own just speculative thinking, there's a huge heroin massive trade China. going in China. There's, there is. And if the United States... And half, is, a, half of China is producing the fake fucking fentanyl. So think about that. Think about that. What if part of it, too, is that we just want to be able to put our finger on the straw of heroin flowing into China? And they're going to have a big problem if they're... Three billion people, whoever the fuck they got, whoever the addicts are that need that shit, it's not coming through and it's costing twice as much. I mean, China, go ahead, put your tariffs on our fucking goods. Or we'll just take it right back out and drug money. You might. We might not sell any more fucking uh, your little computer chips. But we sure as damn going to take what we lost on the drug money. And it's even better because now we can dole it out to whoever we want. We don't have to play the fair market game. That money is ours. I promise you there's something like that going on. Because why would we be there for 20 years and not... And then back out of it. And then back out. And that might have been partially what the Russians were about at that time. Because they did the same exact thing. The same fucking maneuver. And the way that it's printed in the open press is more like, you can't beat Afghanistan. They're the toughest. They're in the mountains. And it's, and, and you always walk away. Like, like uh, Vietnam. Yeah. And you walk away from that situation wondering, like, why did we go there? Right. Of course. You don't under Ask anybody, bro, why we're really there. They can't tell you, man. They'll, they'll give you a bunch of... But they can't tell you, man. That's fucked up. It's true. They're giving us all this information, but you can't make sense of any of it. You right. know why? Right. it's fucking lies, bro. And it's meant to confuse you. The original reason why we went oh, there, I thought, was because of 9-11 and to get Osama bin Laden. That was the goal. 
right? And then when we went into Iraq, there was a huge contingency of Americans that were like, that's not Afghanistan. I looked at the map. Iraq is not Afghanistan. So why the fuck are we going into Iraq? Yeah. yeah. It just sort of seemed to like just kind of the powers that be didn't even answer the question. They were just like kind of water off a duck's back. They're like, I don't know. It's all in the same area. Fuck it. We'll fight two wars. And it just went on. Nobody said shit. We couldn't do anything about it. Couldn't do anything about it. We had embedded soldiers and we got all excited. Remember, dude, Iraq 2, remember the shock and awe. They showed those images and fuck it. I'm not going to lie. I liked the image. I was like, damn, that's some serious shit. That's prime time fucking. That's better than any Roseanne Barr episode, right? right, right? right, right. Watching real live fucking bombs hit a city. It's fucked up and it's sadistic. And I know I'm wrong and people can tell me I'm wrong, but I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be like, that was fucking crazy. I was glued. Right. Because you never know when you're going to see shit like that. That While that was going on, they were setting up whatever they were doing in Afghanistan. So if that's not a major diversion, it's like if that's not a major... Right. right? They had every camera, every eyeball glued in one area. Right. But nobody ever thinks like that. They get stuck on the... There was a bunch of shit going on while the fucking towers were crashing. Right. That's true. That's true. That whole thing, that whole thing, I think was a... uh, Just a fucking... Misdirection. A cover. Yeah. Like a cover of of something that we weren't even paying attention to. I really think that... What you think that the towers going down was the a- shit that gets everybody glued on one thing when they grab your attention? I think yeah, sometimes some shit happens, earthquake or that. But I think a lot of times, man, like there's some shit. What's going on that we're not looking at right now? Certainly, and it can be even as <sighs> it's the art of war, bro. It is the art think of war. Think of the art of war, bro. It is I the say art this of war. Chumon all the time. If you want to fuck people up. Confuse them and separate them. Absolutely. If you confuse people, that's the first. That's the first thing you've got working for you is confusion. Never ever let anybody be able to plant their feet. If they never, if they're in a state of confusion, they can never really brace up. That's how they have us. I mean. Think about what I'm saying, bro. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think it's a great, fantastic tactic. But when it comes to the the Twin Towers and all that, I just think this like whole idea of it like being a conspiracy or not, it was a, a, some sort of constructed attack that you know the U.S. was kind of in on or something, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of... All right, check I mean, it out. Sometimes, sometimes. But when you when you see those build way. when you see those buildings, those two buildings collapse, and you see the footage of the shit blowing up through the sides, going down like, or the, the sounds like, you can't mistake that that's not demolition shit, dude. I don't believe that. I okay, think, I right. think I think that right. it was just an attack. All right, check it out. Like, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Okay, now now we're back to familiar ground that all Americans know, which is 9-11 was faked or or whatever, and the other side saying that involves too much of a conspiracy for that to even actually be able to come off. Now, mm-hmm. going back to the Art of War Sun Tzu, which you're listening to this episode on Monday, I'm going to say, Monday the fucking... 
Right. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, wake the fuck up. This is Monday the 30th of August, all right? Yes. We're about to start recording the next chapters of the audiobook, Art of War. You're going to be able to own your own, very own copy of it when you go to our Patreon page. What's Patreon you say as you drive your oh fucking... Oh, my God. What's Patreon? What, what's Patreon you say as you drive your fucking tractor trailer across <laughs> Oklahoma? Yeah, I'm talking to you, Juan. Mm-hmm. Listen, here's the deal. Patreon uh, is something you can log into. You can find us. We'll make it real easy. And you can pay to buy the audiobook. You will have it as told. As told. Bye. Bye. Hold on, hold on. Let me... You're going to be able to listen to the art of war and learn the hard way as read by one of the hardest motherfuckers to ever grace Southern California, Steve Lucky Luciano. A man who has been inside, outside, and they still couldn't break him. A man who has been friends with kings and celebrities and some of the downest homies that have ever existed. A man who calls one of his closest confidants by the name of a food known as pork chop. (laughs) It's the hardest shit you've ever heard. And you're also going to have it recorded and sculpted audibly by a man who may or may not be related to Frank Sinatra. We can't say. He certainly goes by old blue eyes. He absolutely, absolutely is introverted, analytical, thinks too much before he speaks. But you know what? He fucking listens. And that's why you're going to get the fingerprint of greatness through your ears when you get this audiobook. And do I even need to mention what my contribution will be? I even have to fucking tell you. No, I don't, do I? Because you already fucking know. So get prepared. Put on your fucking seatbelt and hide your women and children because this fucking book is going to bring all of the wisdom to bear and make it applicable to your current situation, you're finally going to truly understand the art of war. Fantastic. That's good. That was just... That was just off the top. Yeah. I thought you were going to be like, I'm from the halls of education. <laughs> I hail. I was going to do that, but then I thought, hey, Degrees you know what? I can't. I mean, it's hard. I, even though I'm, I can be conceited or whatever, yeah, I didn't yeah. want to pump myself up too hard. And I was like, I already, you guys, your, your guys' combination is fucking brilliant. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just get out of the way. Um, oh. oh, mucho especial. What are we okay, gotta, so. What are we going to do a fucking right now? Uh, what, con- yeah, listen. Ah, <sighs> man. And I, and I wanted to. <sighs> shit. Papa's going to have a cigarette right now. Well, listen, before you have you a cigarette, it. why don't you Let's open this up? Let's take a break. Let's you want to take a break? Yeah. Let's take a break. <laughs> right. All right. Very good. What do we got here? All right. So this is, anyway, that, that was. All right. Let's not take a break and let's just sign out. All right. Let's sign out. 
that. Because that was an amazing show that started out of I don't know what. And then the next thing you know, we're talking about Afghanistan and it somehow led to the art of war. I can't imagine a better fucking lead in than that. Shit. I eat my fucking blueberries. Papa's blue blah 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 blah. Listen. Do you want to talk about that? Hey, listen. I, I'm going to give him a shout out. All right. Big shout out to Pulpo Beard Oils. What is it? One of. Uh, Pulpo, which Pulpo. Is Pulpo. Which is Spanish for. Uh, octopus. O- octopus. Oh. Pulpo. I like that. La Pulpo. Pulpo, Pulpo. Beard Oils. Uh, we're going to get more into it. They sent us a care package, but let me just tell you. They are a premium sponsor of the show. A premium sponsor. Right. Not one of these fucking headaches like McDonald's and fucking Geico. Right. Fuck Geico. Hey, you know what, Geico? I hope you put a commercial on this. Take your fucking lizard and go suck a weasel dick. But this is like a handshake deal. Personal. Face-to-face deal. These guys were already with the show before they brought their business here. Right. On a personal level. And I just got to say, the guys that brought it, their beards are amazing. And it's because of Pulpo Beard Oil. They they developed their own oil? They're so passionate about beards that they just, they, they, they already looked, they already used everything that was out there and none of it worked. Right. So they said, fuck it. If you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. And so they created their own company. Shit's amazing. Fucking phenomenal. Makes me want to grow out my beard. Google search it. Pulpo beard oil. For men that are still men. (laughs) Shit. Fucking awesome. All right. And like we do about this time. Right. Adios, amigos. Adios. From the Hard Luck Show. (laughs) 